Anyone want to be guided into the way of peace today? Me too. I do. Today we're going to explore a way, and John the Baptist will be our guide. It's the second Sunday in the season of Advent. Now, when I returned to church as a young adult, and I was trying to reconstruct my understanding of and my relationship with God in the church, I had no clue what Advent was. It didn't matter that I went to church every week until I was nine. I still didn't understand it. And if that's you, I guarantee you're not alone. Advent is the first season in the Christian calendar. And it's the four Sundays that precede Christmas. The word means coming. Each Sunday in Advent, we light one of the four candles and we read scripture connected to one of four themes, hope, peace, joy, and love. And today's the Sunday for peace, which is something we all hope to experience and project. Now, maybe you've heard the often quoted scripture on peace from Philippians. It declares, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Helen Keller, the great one, had a take on that passage. It went something like this. I don't want the peace that passes all understanding. I want the understanding that brings peace. You know, people in recovery are trying to uh, find peace too. And soon as they read the first nine steps, this is what they hear. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We will know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and, wait for it, we will know peace. Sound good? It is. Want some of that? I do too. But let's be honest. We humans are disturbable creatures. We all seem to struggle with being at peace, peace with ourselves. We struggle at being uh, at peace with our circumstances, with others around us, and with the state of the world, and sometimes even God. It often doesn't matter whether life is going well or things are tough. We can't find it, or if we can, we can't keep it very long. So this week, I asked folks on social media to name their blocks to peace, what disturbed them, and here's how they answered. When people don't act the way I expect them to, you struggle with that, all of life's unknowns. I don't feel secure. I have personal temptations. Politics, any of you struggling with that? My kids trouble, all the violent shootings and run-ins in our area, the state of our country and its decline. One person said, I, I don't know day to day what horrible thing's gonna happen, which makes me feel like I can't take deep breaths. Some have a fear of the future. It's just a sample. But what's your answer? What disturbs you and blocks your peace? Put it in the chat or the comments. Now on Monday, I learned of a short yet compelling story about a pastor in China who was arrested for his faith. And then he was put for 18 years in a Chinese labor camp. His name was Pastor Chen. What was left behind was a small child and wife. And his wife died while he was incarcerated. And those guards repeatedly tried to break him, break his spirit and indoctrinate him by having him under constant surveillance. They prohibited him from reading and studying the Bible and, and, and even praying. It sounds like he had some legit reasons for losing his peace, but it gets worse. And as a final attempt to break him, the guards assigned him to the dreaded night soil pits. He worked day after day in them for six years now, these pits were full of the human waste from the 60,000 camp prisoners. The workers that worked in them labored in knee-deep excrement, scooping it out for fertilizer. And those who worked there 
for any extended period of time, usually diet of disease. So you can imagine knee deep in waste, dealing with a foul smell and unimaginable conditions. Pastor Chen labored. The guards would offer freedom to him and said, just renounce your faith and we'll give you your freedom. He refused. And you know what? He found peace. Now our passage says this, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn on high will break upon us and give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, guide our feet into the way of peace. I want to suggest to you that we can be guided in the way of peace no matter what, even if our night soul pits seem unbearable. There are two things, two things necessary for peace, which are evident in both the scripture and in Chen's story. Both are simple, neither is easy. Our scripture today is powerful. Now, the name Zechariah means God remembered. Our passage is known as the Benedictus or the Song of Zechariah. It's a song of praise. And the first half is about God and the second half is about how God will use John the Baptist. They're the first words that Zechariah spoke after being struck mute for nine months by the angel Gabriel. That sounds fun. Here's a bit more of the context. The Hebrew people are under the thumb of a repressive regime. They have no sovereignty. They don't know peace. Their hope for God to fulfill his promises to his people seemed like really an impossibility. And perhaps God doesn't even remember them. Zechariah was a priest. He was from the upper class, an older gentleman whose wife could never conceive. Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. That's something else to know. And the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah while he's performing his priestly duties, lighting incense, and he rightly freaks out. Most do when they encounter an angel. And the angel announces that Elizabeth will bear a son named John. And he'll have the spirit and the power of Elisha and prepare a way for the Messiah. Zechariah's like, what? He protests. He's saying, we're too old. Now, Gabriel didn't love that response. So he says this. You will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. Now, fast forward, and here we are. Now, listening to this, right? Eight days after being born, kids were circumcised. Everyone's gathered around Elizabeth and Zechariah. And Elizabeth reveals that the child's name will be John. Everyone's like totally confused since John isn't a family name. Zechariah communicates to the gathered on a tablet and affirms the name will be John. And like chains dropping from somebody, his ability to speak returns. And just like the angel said it would. And after praising God, he shares the prophecy we heard read that the Hebrews had been waiting for. Elijah's return would be in and through John, which means the Messiah would be coming shortly after. God's saving action will take place through this child and be critical in a point in history to usher in Jesus. Peace would return to Israel. God had indeed remembered. So John prepared the way for Jesus then and in a way for us now. In verse 77, it says that John gives people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. Forgiveness is the first thing necessary for peace. Now, forgiveness in three directions, from God to you, from you to others, and from you to yourself. You want peace? Do that. Experience the forgiveness of God found in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Grant forgiveness to everyone, including those you don't think deserve it and forgive yourself. Now, I can imagine right now some minds are racing, but, 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 I'm a good person. First John, the blood of Jesus 
his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. But you know, but, but you don't understand. You don't understand how they hurt me or hurt us or how terrible this all is. Jesus says later in Luke, if you love those who only love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. More words for Jesus in Luke. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And then again in Matthew, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse, your father will not forgive your sins. You know, the most, peop the most peaceful people I've encountered in my life are forgiveness people. Those who have experienced being forgiven by God, which allows them to forgive others more readily. Even those who appear to be undeserving and horribly wounded people. Perhaps it's because they themselves have sinned so boldly, which gives them a deep understanding of God's unmerited grace. And because they've experienced it, they gotta share it with others. They gotta offer it to everybody else. So who in your life this Advent do you need to forgive? I want you to get a picture of that person in your mind. I want to invite you to think about praying for that person each day until Christmas Eve. And if you're willing, get, it on, get on your knees to pray and invite God into any unwillingness to forgive them and ask God for the knowledge of what forgiveness would actually look like. You know, not all forgiveness means a restored relationship, but it does mean allowing God to transform the anger and the hate and the feeling of moral superiority to love and to mercy. And doing that releases the grip of unforgiveness that it has in your life. Now, I'm certain that some need to forgive themselves. That's the person they need to forgive. Maybe that's you. And for whatever reason you can't or you won't, maybe you haven't repented. Or maybe it's because you hold some reverse pride. If God's forgiven you, why can't you? You know, there are some other folks that maybe haven't asked God for forgiveness in a very long time or ever. Maybe today's the day. Practicing forgiveness ushers in peace. The second thing necessary for peace is daily prayer and meditation because the pathway that leads to peace is treacherous. It's windy, it's long. And anybody who says differently hasn't traveled too far along it. And we can't do it by ourselves. We need God, each other, and a regular practice of prayer and meditation to live it. Why? Because the world in your and my mind will disrupt our centers. It will tell you, you don't need to forgive. You don't need to be asked for forgiveness. Subtle pride or superiority can take root. Your mind will ruminate on the dramas and wrongs, real or fancy. You won't search for peace in and through God and forgiveness and prayer. You'll search for it in all the wrong places, perhaps in success and prestige, power, food, sex, the next relationship, when you acquire X, Y, or Z. These things might offer peace temporarily but eventually they'll put you in conflict with yourself, the world, maybe even God. Only forgiveness and prayer, practice, can create sustainable peace. No practice, no peace. So each of the next 19 days before Christmas Eve, in addition to praying for your own and granting forgiveness to somebody, that person you thought of, I want you to think about praying every day. It doesn't have to be long. 
It could be centering prayer meditation. Want to learn about that? Contact me. I'll be happy to connect you. It could be downloading the Pray As You Go app that has a 10-minute devotion that you could listen to each day. You could follow along the daily readings of Advent with the church. It could be saying the St. Francis prayer aloud. Or it could be reading the scripture and listening to music. Whatever works. No rules. Just do it for the next 19 days and you'll start to practice forgiveness and practice prayer. So how are you going to do it? You know, Pastor Chen, while working in the waste, would pray. He would recite scripture and sing hymns. He could do that because the guards left him alone. And during these six years, his view of the night soil pits changed from a garden of hell to a place where he could be with God. He recounted how he was able to praise God and have peace in those pits. He said it wasn't because he was strong, but it was because God was with him, even as he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Pastor Chen witnessed to the love of Jesus, to his oppressors, to the guards, and to his fellow prisoners. How? He knew God's forgiveness found in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. He forgave others, and he practiced prayer. And God gave Chen peace. He didn't create it. His favorite hymn was in the garden. He sang it loudly in the pits because no gods were around. And I want you to join me in saying it to God. And the words will appear on the screen. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Friends, you are God's own. The peace found in Jesus Christ differs from the version we get everywhere else where we're all holding hands, singing kumbaya. Peace doesn't always mean the absence of conflict and anger or not getting upset when things are out of whack in our lives or the world. Peace doesn't mean that circumstances in our lives or the world suddenly go the way we want them or go smoothly. It means that no matter what, we have access to peace through cultivating a relationship with the living God revealed in Jesus Christ. And together, as the hands and feet of Jesus are called to, we usher in the kingdom of peace because we are God's own. Remember what Helen Keller said? She wanted the understanding that brings peace. The gospel says this, accept the forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Grant forgiveness to everyone, including yourself. And practice daily prayer and meditation. Do these and God will reveal the peace that surpasses all understanding. And you will understand peace no matter what garden you find yourself in. And God's love will be made real. Let's pray together. God of light and of love, God of peace. Each one of us have blocks to peace and we ask for you to enter in them. Not to just make us comfortable, but to guide us in sharing the love of God revealed in Jesus, to be the hands and feet. If there's anybody that is exploring um, a relationship with you who have never prayed for forgiveness, we give them that opportunity now. We pray for them to connect with the church so we can walk with them so that we could all be guided in the way of peace. Help us to forgive. Help us to love. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.